you ever seen that cartoon? I think it's like a fish, an elephant and a monkey and there's a desk set up and there's judges sitting behind the desk and then there's a tree in front of the desk and then, you know, the, the different animals there in this competition and it says, okay, just climb the tree and then you'll be marked accordingly. And that's kind of the drawing the parallel to the education system. And I just think it's so insightful and so accurate that, you know, of course the monkey's going to be able to climb that tree so easily, but how is the fish and how is it fair that the fish is going to get marked in the same way that the monkey is when some, you know, some kids just have these natural abilities that really suit the education system so well and other kids are amazing in so many other ways but that doesn't necessarily suit the education system. You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Gray. Christy Unedited started as a raw and relatable conversation, and it always will be, but it's become so much more than that. Each week, a few special souls dish out some authentic truths as we navigate together the exploration of self. Thanks so much for listening. Let the magic begin. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to this week's episode. And do you know what? I feel like there's change in the air right now. Over the last week, I have been spending more time focusing on my health and well-being. I've been pushing limits and really challenging my mindset And it's actually really nice to be in this new, let's just say flavor of energy, because I felt over the last couple of months, maybe because it's winter, maybe it's because we've had all these planetary retrogrades, maybe it's because globally we're going through a period of transformation, but it's felt heavy and it's felt tiring, but also very necessary. And so it's been really nice to dig back into I suppose looking after me. So I hope that you're looking after you as well. And so this week's pick of the week really does tie into that. Last week I shared with you Brain FM as that has been an app that I've been using to really tap into my productivity. And this product I coincide using with Brain FM, which is my shine nootropic drink. So I stumbled across Shine drinks about six months ago now, and I'm like a one coffee in the morning kind of girl. However, I was at my local supermarket and I spotted it on the shelf and I normally go towards a kombucha and I thought, you know what, I just need a little bit of edge for my day. And so I decided to purchase their wild tropical flavor, which is just their regular version. They do have an extra strength and I think they also do a caffeine free one as well and what a nootropic drink actually does it helps um, with specific ingredients that help to sharpen and fuel your mind so I always find that if I have got some work that needs extra attention or if I feel like I need a little bit of a pick-me-up but I don't want that instantaneous hit that caffeine like a coffee gives me and then that lull that comes after it I just find that the shine drinks give you more I suppose consistency when it comes to an increased in sharpness and alertness so what I've been doing is you do when you purchase them they do come in a 400 ml size bottle which is a one serving however I half them in the morning so I will say smash 200 mils in the morning I'm looking at my shine drink now because I'm recording this in the morning And I will have this, I will turn off Brain FM and I will dig into work. And the combination of the two is awesome. Now I can't take all the credit for that. Yeah, sure, I've been drinking shine drinks for the last six months, but my friend Kim did really bring me to, I suppose she was the one that introduced me to Brain FM and using the two combined. And so I have to give credit where credit's due to her. So that is my pick of the week for this week. 
All right, this week's guest is the most beautiful human ever. Alex is just such a special soul and for a couple of different reasons. I've had the pleasure of connecting with her a few times now and I just felt really honored to hold space for her in this episode. Alex so selflessly shares her journey and her story. There's been a lot that I've reflected on post recording this episode with her in regards to what it really takes to have strength but also to build your mental resilience and Alex's story is exactly what Christy Unedited is all about. Like every single guest that's been on this podcast it's about not only the exploration of self but the raw and relatable moments that we all experience as human beings and so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Well, today I am here with Alex, and Alex is from Blossom House Co., which is a, would you call it like a tutoring house, because it's Blossom House? Yeah, I guess that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's a tutoring, um, I'll say house again, then tutoring house based in Toowoomba. And I loved it because when I jumped onto your website before, as I was having a little look around at your beautiful website and home, as I love that it says on the very first page, it's a little tutoring center with a big heart. (gasps) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really love that line. I think it kind of describes the business really well, hopefully. Oh, I, do you know what? I think that, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit biased. I have never worked with children or teenagers, but I know working with adult learners in my learning and development career, it has been probably one of the most rewarding parts of my journey is working with people and helping them to develop and grow. And I truly believe that's why I moved into the space that I did So I can work with women, but I can only imagine how empowering it is to work with children, but also how heart-centered it is because our little people out in the world, like they're growing and developing, their minds are what they experience in life between the ages of zero and seven is literally paving the way for them in their lives. Like you're doing some amazing work, babe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it just makes me really happy. And I think... I'm doing it from a place of it's not about the money for me. I would honestly do it for free if that was kind of socially, you know, acceptable and if I could make a living and still, you know, live normally. But I just enjoy it so much. It gives me so much joy and, um, I, yeah, you can really see the difference in the kids and that means everything. Uh, and I would imagine you would have been super busy in the midst of coronavirus this year as well. Yeah, that was a huge time. I think there was about a week there where I couldn't have anyone in the centre and transitioning over to online. I just didn't know how it was going to go at all, but it actually ended up being better in a lot of ways, particularly for high school kids, because we can record the sessions so that they can then kind of look back on exactly what they've done and work through those problems by themselves again, particularly with maths. So it's worked out really well. Oh, so good. I love that. Like in the sense of, I think that learning is so important. And I think that the teachers out there or the tutors out there got a ton of praise, which there's probably long overdue because you do such an amazing job. And I think as soon as the parents had to step in and start doing parenting and teaching, they realized how big a job it actually is. (laughs) That's it. I had so many parents just saying how much they appreciate their teachers now. Yeah, I think teachers definitely um, became very, very important people to everyone over the coronavirus time. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I hope they continue to do so as well. It should definitely not be short-lived in regards to the work that they do and what you do as well. Absolutely. So can you share with us a little bit about your journey, Alex? Like what led you to this point? Because I was lucky enough, we started chatting. I've I've known Alex, we've kind of had like this we set an online friendship which has blossomed into more than that and I was just hearing a little bit of your story before and I'm actually so excited for this convo because there's so much I still don't know about you which I can't wait to share with everybody. Yeah there's a lot I guess um, I probably haven't had a very typical kind of life 
in many ways. I've tried to sort of do things a little bit differently. Um, and I think that probably started with growing up on a farm and I started off doing distance education. So my mum actually taught myself and my three siblings for the first two years of school. And I think that in itself is kind of quite different. Um, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very different. And um, in so many ways, such a blessing because she was such a good teacher and it really put us all, gave us a really good foundation, I think, so that when I went to school, school was very easy for those first few years for me, almost to the point where it was a little bit boring because I was kind of probably in a little, in a sense, um, quite ahead. And I found that it was probably in those moments that I started to realise, even being that young, that the education system just can't really accommodate everyone. Because if you're in a class full of 30 kids and everyone's in so many different levels, how can the teacher realistically get around to everyone? So I think that was quite a foundational part of me and why, you know, teaching became really important to me. Um, and then I went to university and I actually did a business degree and a commerce degree. And I think the business degree was amazing because I majored in management. So probably similar to you, just adult learners to start with in yep. the work that I was doing, just kind of looking at how different people learn and how I could teach them in a way that they would understand um, from a business advisory point of view. And that was really interesting and, and challenging and rewarding. But I probably just also didn't get that same satisfaction that I knew I was getting from when I was 17. When I first started at university, I worked for one of the big tutoring centres. Um, and I just loved it. It was so cool, so fun. They gave me a really good kind of foundation for how to teach so many different kids. And then moving into that business advisory, I just knew something was missing. Um, so I was very young when I started my first tutoring business. I think I was only 21. Oh my goodness. And yeah, 21 or 22. And um, just loved it. It was really always coming from this place of how am I getting paid to do this? This is just fun and I love it. And there are a few kids who I got to tutor who didn't know how to read at all. And seeing the difference in them going from really lacking in confidence to just being these full of confidence kids, it was just amazing and it really inspired me. Um, but I think because I'd, I had all that responsibility so young, I also started an accounting business at the same time or similar timing. Um, because at that point, I'd sort of already done a post-grad degree as well. Um, so I was sort of doing a lot. that. Yeah, and tutoring. And I got a mortgage very young as well. So I just felt overly responsible at that age. And I got to 24. I think I was 24, maybe a little bit younger. And I, um, I was painting my garage shed one day and um, it was this really special kind of paint where you know it was going to promise that there it would never rust and I remember breathing in the fumes and thinking it was really strong and then within two hours my tongue had started to go numb and I was out to lunch with some friends and I just couldn't I couldn't eat this lunch and I thought there's something going on here I don't know what's happening um, and by the next day the whole left side of my face was completely paralysed. I couldn't move at all. The whole left side of my tongue was paralysed. I couldn't blink my left eyelid. And I was so scared. It was really, really scary. I called my mum and she said, you need to get to a doctor as soon as possible. It sounds like Bell's palsy. And, yeah, I got to the doctor and that's exactly what it was. So I was this very young person um, with a face that was half paralysed. And I think um, having, you know, sort of 
recently started those businesses, I was meeting a lot of new people and having to explain to them that I want to smile, but I actually just physically can't smile at you right now. (laughs) And that was a big part of me and who I am now, I think, um, in just learning that you can't judge a book by its cover and you just never know what's going on for someone behind the scenes. Bell's palsy is um, definitely, like I, my mum has Bell's palsy and I think she was sick at the time. Like she had a virus and it just cropped up. And I know that when mum gets tired or if she's not well, I can see it. Like I don't actually notice it all the time because it's not, I think this happened when we were, I was, I was probably a teenager. So I was probably living in Christchurch, New Zealand then. So it's a really long time ago, but that's something she still is so like it affects her because she'll always say to me like if I'm tinting her eyebrows she always reminds me remember this eyebrow eyebrow sits differently because of my bell's palsy and it does I think because it's facial and you always are trying to put your best foot face forward you worry because everybody can essentially see it and there's not really hiding it like when you get a pimple mm-hmm. absolutely I think it's just the hardest thing to not really be able to express how you're really feeling. And I think that facial um, communication is such a huge part of how we communicate. So if I'm looking at someone and I can almost sense that they think I'm looking at them in a judgmental way, but it's genuinely because I can't express what I'm trying to in the same way I used to be able to. And I think that probably helped me to become a better communicator because now I have to really use those words in a much more effective way to explain how I feel about someone or, you know, what I'm trying to express to make it very clear. So in a lot of ways, it's been a blessing. Uh, Thank you for sharing that, Alex, because I can only imagine how impressionable you are at that age. Like when I was 24, all I cared about was like what I'm going to wear out in the weekend, who I'm going partying with, and appearance was like really big on my radar. I think in your 20s, it kind of is. Like I don't think I'm alone in that regard, but then to go through something like that, it would, I would imagine, ground you and really take inventory on what's important in life. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just a big wake up call, I think, of what is important here. Do I want to be working these crazy hours of doing this accounting and then kind of trying to finish that off and do the tutoring in the afternoons and then not really have that time to myself? Or do I want to put my health first and really make sure that that's number one for the rest of my life? So now if I feel a little bit run down, there is nothing that's ever going to come first apart from that. It will always be the top of my priority list because you really, that saying about you don't have anything if you don't have your health, I learned that at a very young age. Oh, absolutely. So tell me, I'm hoping that you did get some time off in between, like based on where you're at now versus then. So you took some time to travel or explore or get your health back in check. What did it look like after that for you? Well, I actually kept working. I probably, um, that was my biggest mistake at the time. I kept working. I think that's why it didn't recover so well um, because now I kind of look back on, you know, the advice that most people would get and it is to rest. So if anyone ever gets Bell's palsy, make sure you rest and slow down because I think that's the biggest thing. But I eventually kind of got that lesson and really decided, okay, I need to slow down completely and really change my lifestyle entirely. So I sold both of my businesses and um, sold all my furniture, sold everything, rented out my house, got a backpack and went solo traveling through Asia. And I had no plans, nothing, no itinerary. I just wanted to have no responsibility for a little while and just do what felt good for me. And the first stop was in Thailand. I went to a health retreat and it was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. It was so much fun. Um, And then just I would spend about a month in each country through Southeast Asia. So So good. Yeah, it was amazing. It was such a fun time. I think it just really 
it was a time for me to fully stop and just reflect on everything in my life and who I really am and what I really want going forward and what's really important to me. And I think for anyone who's been to Southeast Asia, you would completely understand that, yeah, looking at the values of the people over there is perfect for that because money is not everything to them. And a lot of them really don't have anything, but a lot of them are also a hell of a lot happier than some of the richest people in the world. And I think that's something I really noticed over there. And that became a big part of me as well. I think that's a big part of who I am now is thinking back to that time traveling of just what really makes us happy. And for me, it's about those connections and doing something that's meaningful with your life. Yeah. So I think it's like we have to go through these periods in our life where we hit rock bottom or we're in a place of turmoil or things aren't going as we initially anticipated because it's kind of like, I don't know, I always say it's like the universe is asking us to seek a new perspective. It's like there's more to life than hustling every day, making money and also like doing something that doesn't set your soul on fire. And sure, that's like there are all the elements that are the stepping stones to life. But at the end of the day, I always say like we come into this world with nothing and we leave with nothing. So we better make the journey in between fucking amazing. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. That's it. It's, and it's what you do in every day that's going to make that difference too. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big part of Blossom House now is just ev- before every single session I stop and I think what is my intention here and I bring it back to that for every single kid and my intention is genuinely to make these kids feel heard and seen and really important because they are. Oh my goodness. Babe, <laughs> like that's so beautiful. Like I think that that like I can it I can feel like how much that means to you and I just think of how much how much you're actually impacting somebody and you may not even know how much you're impacting their life that's crazy yeah it's really cool it's a beautiful thing to do I just yeah it makes me feel so happy genuinely yeah and I think I kind of grew up in a family where everyone is very intellectual and um, my siblings are very high achievers. My parents have always done very well. And I think for me, I, I always felt probably a little bit more um, emotional than them in a lot of ways. And I think when, for a lot of people in Australia, you, we grow up with that kind of, you know, toughen up or just suck it up, that kind of attitude, which is so common in, in most people that I talk to. And for me, I want to change that culture in Australia now. I think it's time for us to start realising that our parents, most, a lot of our parents had parents who were in the war. And, of course, you had to suck it up then. There was no time to think about emotions. So I think a lot of our parents kind of have grown up with that mindset of having their parents say, you don't get time time to kind of think about your emotions right now that is not important just move on and for me now I think it's time to change and I think we're in a generation where that's really important and we can really see the value in not suppressing emotions and making kids yeah feel really important and teaching them how to sort of express their emotions properly Yeah, I love that because I think that there has been a generation that has done things one way and it's like this way is the right way and it's actually not. And from like, for anyone listening, like from an L&D perspective, like you have to cater to everybody. You have to be able to um, touch on so many different levels of learning and be open to teach in so many various ways because no two humans are the same. So we can't expect one methodology to work for absolutely everybody. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's, it's so key. That's it. Every kid is so different. Every adult is so different. And I love, I think it was one of your podcasts where you were talking about how the different star signs learn. Yeah. Um, I loved that. I just, that's always at the back of my mind now too. And I really want to learn more about that because I think you were saying how if you're a water sign, you will more so learn through emotionalizing and feeling things. Whereas if you're more of an air sign, was it that it's much more cerebral and intellectually based? Oh, honey, you can teach it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just loved it. I think that was so cool to understand. And now I can really see that in all of the kids. There's, There's a really clear pattern of that. I love that you brought that up because you know what? I try not to lean. I've been really resistant lately, actually, because astrology is such a big part of my business and I absolutely adore it. But I've been probably maybe, maybe it's my own internal battle I'm going through right now to completely surrender to it. And I think because my L&D background is just it's been a part of who I am my entire life and it's not like it's going anywhere, but it's almost like that's so black and white, whereas astrology is so metaphysical, but they are, when you use them together, that's for me the sweet spot and people have been craving more astrology from me and so I've been trying to lean into it, but I've definitely experienced a bit of vulnerability, but I suppose what I'm trying to get at is it was always really safe for me to talk about learning styles from like an L and D perspective. But if we really talk about astrology, especially with our elements, which is earth, air, fire, um, and water, you can see for those elements, there's, you can marry them to learning styles. It's as much as I want to escape it some days. I'm like, no, Christy, just suck it up. It is what it is. And if it adds value to somebody and helps them to understand a little bit more about how they learn or how they intellectualize information or how they effectively communicate with others, then it's got to be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I can completely relate to that feeling too of when you come from that more intellectual background and learning to open up that spiritual closet and come out of it entirely it's quite challenging I really struggle with it still and I think people who know me as this tax agent and accountant who also has a tutoring business on the side in the past trying to marry that up with my interest in astrology and spirituality it it almost feels a little bit um yeah like how can that fit together (laughs) but I think that's an important part of Um, where we're going as well I think that spirituality is becoming so much more accepted and people can understand that it doesn't all have to be so serious and intellectual because that isn't necessarily the best way anymore yeah I agree yeah I think that I have a bit of a battle internally with that too sometimes (laughs) Okay, I'm glad it's just not just me because I I find myself with some people in my life like I'll talk and reference astrology throughout the entire conversation and I, I was reflecting on a conversation I had with a friend the other day and I was like, can I just give myself a break for a minute? And then I was like, no, no, you've got to be okay with this, lean more into it. This is more of who you are, but also who you're becoming and that's okay. So I even have my own hang-ups on things like that, like you know, I definitely am confident in everything that I share, but there is still sometimes I have to check myself and go, am I, do I need to course correct? And am I still going in the direction that I desire to take? And I always know intuitively the answer is yes, but I think whether it's astrology or spirituality or whatever it is, if it helps us to connect in a way with ourselves that helps us feel fulfilled, then babe, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. Me too. I think Mm. it's so important to get to know yourself and however you learn more about yourself, like you're saying, whatever avenue it takes to get to know yourself better and learn your strengths and your weaknesses and who you are in different situations, you know, under pressure or in an exam for these kids, for example. Understanding how you respond or react to these kind of things is just, it's so beneficial to everything. Mm, I, I kind of it all ties in together your astrology I think really helps with that it helps you to understand yourself better and 
yeah, it's important, isn't it, for people to just get to know themselves more. Yeah. Do you know what? Like that has been, I think because I can talk from my own experience, like I think because in my 20s, I was so like, because I have six planets and fire signs, which I talk about a lot because I'm not a traditional Virgo. Like I'm not. I'm, most Virgos are quite cautious. They're very black and white. Definitely am. I used to be a bit black and white. <laughs> and like they are like a, a natural born healer and teacher, but I almost have so much fire in my chart and fire, fire signs are kinesthetic. They're like action orientated. And so I can actually reflect now and go, oh, okay, this is why I got to where I did in life. Like the fire signs in my natal chart got me through like the facilitation and the L&D career because I was acting and inspiring and like wanting to just keep moving forward. But the problem with that is, is I actually never stopped to take a breath and go, hang on, like, what do I actually want in life? And I suppose when I hit like my massive Saturn return when I was 28 and was like, oh my goodness, what is, who is Christy? What does she actually want? Because she's never actually taken a moment to ask herself. Um, I was still like, I'd be happy at times. I kind of retract from the world. I do like self-exploration, but I don't know how conscious I really was. Whereas as soon as that kind of time frame hit for me, it sat in return. I was like, okay, I'm going to go on my journey, which is the exploration of self. And it's funny because my business now revolves around the exploration of self, astrology, that's the exploration of self, the podcast. It's now like, I think that when we create really a magical shit in the world, it's from what we needed the most. That's it. And taking the time to really reconnect to what is important for you is just invaluable, no matter what's pushing you to that point, right? Whether it is that sort of everything's falling to pieces and nothing's coming ahead and you have to actually just stop and think, okay, none of this is working. I just have to try a different way. <laughs> it all works out in the end. So, Yeah, it, I think that th these are just times in our lives that are to remind us of we need to course correct and it's okay to course correct as well. And if we don't do it at this time frame in our life, we're going to have to do it somewhere along the line. I'm just glad I was able to get through that in my 20s and my 30s have definitely been much more enlightening. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't it so cool when you look back and you just think, wow, I just feel like such a different person compared to who I was, you know, five years ago or even one year ago. I love that. Oh my goodness. I know. Like, and I think especially too, because we live in such a fast paced world and environment, like it's even, I feel like it's just even, it's being amplified more and more and more right now. Like, I feel like a different person than I was yesterday. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, so before, so when you when you were travelling around, so you started off in Asia. What then? Where did, else did you go on your journey? So when I was in Asia, I think about four months in, I met a Dutch guy, and we got along really well, and ended up travelling together for the next couple months, and sort of yeah, eventually fell in love, and was just sort of a bit felt like a bit of a fairy tale to me and I think all my friends back in Australia had sort of seen what I'd been through in past relationships and you know with the Bell's palsy and taking on that responsibility so young and then trying to kind of move away from that a little bit they were so excited for me when you know they could see that relationship happening and I was so excited too it was just this beautiful time and I ended up moving to the Netherlands with him. And yeah, it was lovely. We just would cruise around on bikes and just really got to know that culture and explore that country a lot. And I was kind of getting to the point of looking at getting a job there and really settling in. So I started to learn Dutch and it was amazing. I went to this Dutch school in Amsterdam and the teacher there was another really big inspiration for me because he was all about learning through rhythm and music. So cool. And I learned, yeah, it was just such an interesting way to teach. And I, it was completely different to how I learned French at school. So learning this way, it just, it's amazing how it sunk in. And I think as an adult learner, you can really see the difference between 
okay, when I was in year eight learning French, this was so easy and it would just sink in now that I'm, I guess I was probably 25 at the time. I was just thinking, this is so much harder, <laughs> such a struggle. But using the music, um, yeah, it's amazing how it just sinks into your brain in a completely different way. And he would say that it's so easy to learn lyrics in songs. And so he would try to teach in that same manner of if it's so easy to learn songs, we can just apply that to learning a new language. And so I think within a couple of months, I was kind of getting to the point well, I was only there for, yeah, not a long time at all. So it would have been within six weeks and I'd only done that course for two weeks. But six weeks of living in that country, I was kind of starting to have conversations and people could talk to me entirely in Dutch and I could pretty much understand and I wasn't really at the point where I could talk back very well (laughs) at all. But the way he taught, yeah, it definitely worked. So I think that's something I try to bring into Blossom House as well, wherever possible, is learning through that kind of rhythm and music if, if kids are that way inclined. I love that because it's, again, it's just being open to somebody learning something potentially a new way. And it may not be your preferred learning style, but it means that it is somebody's out there. And just being able to be... I suppose, adaptable to teach in that way is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing how kids are just so different and the different learning styles that suit them, you know, you just, you can't really apply one style to every kid. And I think the thing that's always at the back of my mind with this business is, have you ever seen that cartoon? I think it's like a fish, an elephant and a monkey. And there's a desk set up and there's judges sitting behind the desk and then there's a tree in front of the desk and then, you know, the the different animals there in this competition and it says, okay, just climb the tree and then you'll be marked accordingly. And that's kind of the drawing the parallel to the education system. And I just think it's so insightful and so accurate that, you know, of course, the monkey's going to be able to climb that tree so easily, but how is the fish and how is it fair that the fish is going to get marked in the same way that the monkey is when some, you know, some kids just have these natural abilities that really suit the education system so well and other kids are amazing in so many other ways, but that doesn't necessarily suit the education system. And I think the impact that can have on their confidence is huge. Yeah. So reminding them that, yeah, you might not be getting A's in this subject, but you come into this tutoring centre and the way that you interact with me is amazing and you're so mature and you've got these amazing, you know, personable skills that the kids who are getting A's, they might not have that skill and trying to remind them that it's not just all about the marks and fitting in and conforming to the school system, but being really strong in who you are and being happy in who you are because that's going to get you so much further in life anyway. Yeah, it's a beautiful reminder because I think there's skills out there that can't be marked that are so important today. Like a big one of mine is communication. Like some, and I always like, I always have a bit of a giggle at like some of the really big influences online or when I worked at like Sephora you got to interact with some influencers slash brand founders and there's some really incredible people out there sometimes I just used to look and go it'd be really nice if somebody like had taught you communication like how to communicate effectively or like how to write an email or like these really or even like how to just interact with a person in person like there's some like per, like personable skills and some people are really socially inept but they're like things that we don't get taught and I think you can and I think this is what's happened with social media is there's some people that interact so well behind a screen like behind a screen they um really command a presence and they're powerful but you meet them in person and they can't even string a sentence together yeah that's it And another thing that a lot of my friends say when we have this conversation as well is why weren't we ever taught about self-love? Yeah. You know, the things that are really important, like um, what do I do if I'm feeling down? Like what things are going to pick me up and make me feel really good about myself again? Or 
you know, the benefits of journaling or meditation or mindfulness, yoga, all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's kind of slowly coming into the education system a little bit more now, but I personally believe that should be like a huge part of schooling, particularly for that age group. So Mm. important. Mm, So important. Like, self-love especially today with social media like I don't know if you see it um with the age range of kids but I know like teenagers there's been a few articles I've read on bullying and the effects of like some of the like children today aren't necessarily children like what they can get exposed to online is massive and then that like cancel culture also has something to do with that it's like you do this you should be embarrassed you're out of this friendship circle it's crazy yeah, I really feel for kids these days. I don't know how I would have gone having social media like that at school. I just think, oh, it's just a whole other world for them. And the mm. level of anxiety that I see in so many kids, not just necessarily the kids who come to me for tutoring, but you know, the kids of my friends or just anywhere in society, I think it's yeah, really prevalent and I can completely understand why because it's such a... Um, that comparison trap is so highlighted by social media and to have to deal with that when you're so young and you don't really have such a strong sense of self when you're that age. I just think it would be such a challenge. I really feel for them. So I think there's going to be a big demand for that really strong self-love development and teaching kids how, how to do that. Self-love communication and money I think they're like the three they're the three I'm thinking of right now (laughs) like if I got taught those three topics in school like life would be a little peachier rather than I think we're almost left to fend for ourselves when it comes to some of these topics and then when you get out into the big wide world you're like holy shit like I don't know I don't have these the skill set or I don't even know what this is like it's interesting like I remember when I first started like really exploring who I was some of the topics like my Saturn's in Scorpio so I'm like ready to go to the depths on on some taboo subjects slash topics that are that people were afraid to tread and some of the conversations I was having with some of my friends at the time I think they thought I was living on a different planet and I think the world's only really catching up now but we've still got so much work to do in that department yeah that's it I think particularly what you're saying about the money side of things it's so important for kids to understand that because you know a lot of them are only 17 when they finish school and then they're out in the big wide world and how are they going to learn if they don't learn the very hard way of going into a lot of debt and you know working huge hours for very little money it's going to be very challenging for them but I'm very grateful for my parents, actually. They spent a lot of time teaching us about money and budgeting. And when I was, I think I would have been about 12, my dad really encouraged me to read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Have you read that one? I haven't read it, but I know it's had a resurgence this year because I think I keep seeing it pop up on Instagram. Is it good? It's on my list. It's so good. I just think it's such a game changer in terms of how you think about, you know, how you're going to earn money. It's, um, yeah, it's amazing. Really good. Just a completely different philosophy to that very conventional, you know, go to school, go to university, then get a job. He really challenges that mindset, which I think is really cool, really important. I'm putting it on my wish list now. I have like a, yeah. <laughs> a, 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 a virtual wish list that I like have got so many books, Alex, I need to read, but I'm adding that one to the... Um, the list so I can dig into it later on yeah I I just wish every kid would read that before the age of 15 do you know what I like somebody probably should have taught me about money when I was younger because I was terrible with money and lived like week to week throughout most of my 20s and I just reflect back and I go oh it's part of the journey but like I oh terrible like all I can say is I did not have a good comprehension of money and I kind of walked into my 30s with not much to show for it 
Like not maybe as much as I would have liked to. That I'll reframe that because I had a wild time and I did everything that I wanted. But yeah, it's put me in a different position in my 30s that I've had to almost be more strategic moving forward. Mm, and it's that really hard balance between what do I want to experience and live versus what I want to have in terms of that financial security. It's such a hard thing when you're in your twenties to have that priority of financial security when all you want to do is just travel and live and have fun. That whole <laughs> YOLO sort of mindset. <laughs> I kind of do miss that though a little bit. Like sometimes I reflect like, Oh God, wouldn't life be so much easier if I'm finished doing the work. But you know, I also then reflect and go, Oh, but my life is so rewarding now. Like there's so much I am eternally grateful for. And without all that experience, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Me too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take it back. Yeah, which is a nice way of looking at it. I think like it's easy to come to home sometimes going, oh, I'm going to regret that. And then going, mm, you know what, um, I'm, I'm me because of that. And I think that that is a, an important reminder for us all. Yeah, so invaluable. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. So how long did you live in the um, Netherlands for? Uh, so it was actually a pretty quick period of my life. Um, so. I mean, it's a little bit of a heavy story and probably a little bit triggering for some people. But that um, that partner, it kind of, yeah, it didn't go very well in the end. He, he became very suspicious of me and um, was kind of quite dead set on the fact that I was, you know, cheating on him, which couldn't have been further from the truth. I was very dedicated to learning Dutch and settling into that country and, you know, really enjoying it. And one night he, yeah, he was really pushing this jealousy very far. And I just kind of got to a point where I thought, this is very unhealthy. I need to leave at least for the night and just create some space here for a while. And he became very physically violent um, to the point where the police um, were called by the neighbours and yeah, it was a huge, yeah, huge moment in my life where I just kind of, it had happened, he'd been taken away by the police and I just thought, I actually can't believe this has just happened to me. This feels like it's not my life. This is something I never, ever, ever would have imagined would happen to me. It's just a story, you know, that you hear that happens to other people. And um yeah, it was, it was really big for me to kind of really understand. I'd heard a lot of people say how it's so hard to leave someone when that happens and I could never understand it at all. I just thought, how, how is it hard? I mean, if someone does that, you just get out of there. That's not someone you ever want to be with. But when you love someone and then they do something like that, trying to reconcile effectively two different people into that one and realize that it is just one person and you have to either accept that or not it's really challenging and for me I don't know where I found the strength that night but I just did it was sort of like something kicked in and I just thought you know what this is not for me this is not my life and I'm not going to accept this and I packed my little backpack and <laughs> I booked a flight out of the country and went to London the next morning, stayed in a hotel that night. And yeah, it's, it was a huge moment in my life to really, again, deepen that compassion for people who have been through something like that and really come from a place of non-judgment for anyone who has been through that domestic violence to really understand what it does to you and yeah, to, to go through something like that it really changes things a lot. And for me, I think after that, again, it was a big moment for me to really step back and become really objective in what do I want in my life? What kind of people do I want to attract into my life? And what am I willing to accept going forward? And I think that I'd always been into the self-development side of things, but after that moment, I really kind of needed 
self-development even more. And so I went into the whole Louise Hay stage of affirmations and mirror work and inner child work. And Brené Brown was a big part of helping me to kind of really understand yeah, vulnerability around that and what do I want to share with people and who are the right people to share these kind of stories with who are going to understand it and who are not the right people to share this kind of stuff with. Um, and another big one was Stuart Wilde. Have you heard of him? No. This is my favourite self-development book ever. It's called Infinite Self. Sounds it amazing. Is, yeah, it's really cool. He's all about the Tao and just simplicity. And I think my favourite phrase from his book is, um, oh, what was it? It was something like, something like seriousness is, oh, I'm trying to remember now. Seriousness is a disease. And I think for me at that time in life, I really needed that because it could have, I could have gone down a very kind of dark or heavy time, but listening to that book just really helped me to become a little bit more objective and detached in some ways and just realize we've just got to have fun. And, you know, sometimes bad things happen, but making the most of it and looking at what it teaches you and how you can grow is just invaluable. So I'm actually kind of in a weird way glad that I got that lesson, even though it was a horrible, horrible way to learn it. Um, yeah, it's all turned out to be part of who I am and I wouldn't take it back in many ways. It's given you a greater outlook and perspective on life. And I think that that, and it's helped you to become a better version of yourself. And I think that's the beautiful thing from it is that these trials and tribulations that we experience is we almost come to the sliding doors moment where it's like, okay, you can take option A or option B. And when you're able to take the option that's in your best interests, you'll only ever be rewarded at the end of the day. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. I love that. Mm, oh, so many feels right now, Alex. Like... <laughs> I just can see like, and I feel so grateful that I've been able to like hold some space for you today to share your journey and your story, because it really is a true testament to you of how an amazing person, how much of an amazing person that you are, but also how much you're pouring yourself into the work that you're doing. And that's essentially impacting others in a really positive way and it's almost like all of these lessons that you've had to experience and endure have given you this bigger picture perspective that I don't imagine the everyday person would have and that's what makes Blossom House so special. Yeah thank you I hope so I mean that's all I can do is just hope that what I'm intending is coming through every day in my social media or how I'm treating these kids and yeah, what, what we're doing. And I think another really exciting thing that I'm starting to do in this business is going into the product side of things. So Ooh. I haven't announced it on my social media at all. So this is kind of, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. The great reveal. For Blossom House, <laughs> but I've been working on um, some affirmation cards for kids which I'm really excited about. And when I look at them, they're kind of at the stage of they're pretty much developed now. So hopefully they'll be ready to sell in the next couple of weeks. But when I look at them, what I'm feeling and what I wanted, the intention behind them was that support and helping these kids to connect to themselves and really value their uniqueness and their strengths and to share that in whichever way they want to share it. And I think it's coming through in the cards. So I'm really excited about them. And if anyone wants to buy some, I would love to give anyone a discount from who's listening to the podcast. So I'll make sure there's a discount code there for all the listeners. Um, and I'll just put it under Christy Gray. Oh. So you'll be able to check it out on my website at blossomhouseco.com. 
Amazing. Oh, I'll link everything in the show notes below as well. I think that is, I knew that you were cooking up something, but I didn't exactly know what it was. And I would never have thought that. And that is just, that's blown my mind. I think that is amazing. And I want to share why I think that's amazing. Uh, so I have a, one of my best friends, Monica, she has two beautiful girls and I, and that's a big reason why I moved back home to the Gold Coast was I really needed my support network around me because um, I miss them so dearly and I also didn't want to miss out on them growing up and anyway, they're both under four and I was around there a few months ago and she's like, tell Arnie Christie what you say before you go to bed. And literally, I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> After this big conversation, they're like, they're looking at me and they're like, I am confident, I am beautiful, I am bold. And they like telling me all this stuff. And I just was like, these are the type of parents that we need raising our kids. And I give my hat off to Mon, like she's like the best mom in the world. But being able to, not all parents have the ability to teach their kids that. So by actually giving them the option to give them some affirmation cards, babe, oh, I've got tears in my eyes. That's just fucking beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm just so excited about it. And I think it's, it must just, I can't even... I can't even imagine how hard it is to, you know, do everything that everyone has to do in life, but also raise kids. I'm, I'm not at that point in my life yet where I've got kids, but I know it must be such a challenge. And I understand that for so many parents, having that energy at the end of the day to then put into kind of building your kids up, it's just not going to be possible some days. So I really hope that, yeah, these affirmation cards can kind of help with that on those oh, days. I love that. That's so beautiful. Oh, I cannot wait to see them. Like they, I'm just, I can only imagine with looking at your beautiful um, branding that they're just going to be divine. Yeah, thank you. I love them. I've been using Heidi Lou Design and she's done a beautiful job. She just really gets it. And you can see that she has taken my dream of what I wanted and just put it into a visual in a way that I can't explain how you know, how to do it to her of, I had no idea what I wanted them to look like, but I just said, I want them to be beautiful. I want them to be uplifting and supporting. And that's exactly what she's done with the visuals. So yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, so excited. Ugh. So I've actually only got a couple of questions left for you, but is there anything that you wanted to share before I wrap up? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, we've covered so much. My goodness, we've covered so much today as well. So where can people find you online? So you can find me at Blossom House Co. on Instagram or Facebook. And then my website is just www.blossomhouseco.com as well. And we do in-person sessions, but we also do online tutoring for all ages. So anywhere in the world really can book in for tutoring sessions with myself or my team. Oh, that's amazing. What a, I feel really inspired. I feel really inspired in the sense of that. I think sometimes there can be a real weightiness of what's happening in the world, especially right now and having beautiful conversations like this, where you are, are doing something on a day-to-day -day basis that is impacting others positively. Like it just brings, it just shines a light on hope that there's hope out there. Yeah, thank you. I, that's exactly what I want my business to kind of do. So I'm glad that you can feel that. And I feel that from your business too. I think it's just, you can really sense when people have that heart-based intention behind their business. And it's a beautiful thing to kind of, you know, be attracted to in other people's businesses, I think. Yeah. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. It's so funny. It like started as such a different mission in the beginning and it's evolved and it's grown and I feel like it's in just such a beautiful place now. It's in a real magical place and I feel like it's only just beginning. Like I really do. And that's exciting. Super exciting. So cool. I can't wait to see what you do next. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot coming. So I will say stay tuned <laughs> with that. I can't wait. And last but not least is, I have one final question for you. And this question is, what is an epically small moment that you've experienced lately? 
Oh, ethically small moment. That's a good question. I haven't thought about that at all. Um, ethically small. I guess I had this moment the other day, a couple of weeks ago when COVID was, you know, really in full swing and I was sitting out on my deck and I've got this beautiful tree. It's just, I'm looking at it now and I don't even know what kind of tree it is, but it was turning orange. It was autumn and it had gone from this beautiful lush green tree and it was starting to drop all the leaves. And it was just this really small moment where I just thought everyone's beautiful and everything is beautiful. And we're all just in this cycle of life and looking for the beauty in things, no matter what they look like or what stage of that cycle they're in is just so key to every day and every moment, I think. And so, yeah, I think that was a small moment that kind of turned into sort of a big one for me. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you love this conversation, please rate it, review it, or send it to somebody that may vibe with it. Or you can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest. I'll catch you next time.